Welcome to our San Diego First uh, podcast on the lectionary. Um, we're going to call this session First Impressions, um, as in this is the, the lectionary text that Dee has chosen uh, as the preaching text for this week. And Dee and I are just going to go back and forth uh, talking about it, asking questions of the text. Um, uh, certainly what you will get on a Sunday morning is something a bit more polished, uh, and, and a word from the Lord spoken through D. Um, but this is just our initial conversation around, um, what pops up to us. What, what is D thinking about? What is, uh, what are we asking questions about when we approach this text? Um, and so it's uh, as always good to have D. D, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. This is exciting uh, that we're kind of doing our grand launch of living together and reading together and praying together through the lectionary over the course of these three years. And um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, same. I'm glad we're embarking on this adventure. Um, and it's been really fun to imagine this and, and dream with you what this would look like. Um, and I'd love to jump right in. The, the lectionary text that you've chosen for um, the, the Sermon on Sunday uh, comes out of Isaiah. We're going to continue on in Isaiah, um, as we have been for some time. Um, and this passage is Isaiah 49, 1 through 7. Um, and if you don't mind, I will read it just so that anyone listening uh, might know the passage, and, and even though you could be reading it uh, with us, uh, and we encourage you to do that, I want to make sure that you've got it on top of mind. Could I offer a transition from this past Sunday's reading to the one we're in before you read it as kind of a um, connecting point? Um, last week was from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9, and um, it was acknowledged that it was the first of four songs in this mm. section of Isaiah. And even though it wasn't part of the reading, the verse that follows verse 10 in chapter 42 um, was a statement about singing together a new song. Mm. And what's interesting to me is that the psalm reading for this week is Psalm 40, and verse three of that psalm is, you've placed in my heart a new song. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this wonderful bridge mm. from last week to this week's readings, and now including 49, yeah. um, as we talk about this section and its beautiful poetry and imagery, and that much of it is um, considered to be songs written by Isaiah mm. or the school yeah. of Isaiah. So. Yeah, so we're continuing on with the the songs theme um, in the in the preaching. Yeah, wonderful. Well, let's read the passage and we'll jump in. This comes from Isaiah forty nine one through seven. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, He named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. 
Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him? For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers, kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Here's the word out of Isaiah. So, Dean, what strikes you in in reading this text? There are a number of things that jump off the page to me as kind of starting points for my thought processes and um, interacting with the word as it forms me and dialogues, or I try and dialogue with it. Um, The first is a question that I asked concerning um, chapter 42 last week's reading, and that is, who is it here that's talking or who is it, who is it that um, is being described here? Mm. And we had, it seems to me, far fewer clues in chapter 42 than we do here. Here, it seems pretty clear that in verse three, Israel is identified mm. as this entity that God is describing And if we um, make at least some level an assumption based on the context that this is Israel returning after captivity, Mm -hmm. uh, then there is an interesting way to view this beautiful uh, poetry and and language word picture that's presented for us, um, Israel being the one who carries these characteristics, who God has formed in the womb, um, gathered to himself and what the purpose and calling for Israel is. I think then we can extrapolate that if we yeah. choose to, to say, how does this then apply to us today? Yeah. But it seems real valuable to um, follow what's being said here about the descriptors pointing toward uh, the Israelites and in all likelihood as they return from captivity. Yeah, yeah. Since since this is written to the Israelites, um, the people of Israel, as they are in exile in Babylon. Um, so there's like these notes of hope um, of a, a future salvation. Um, and yet, like, that's what it is, is just kind of a future. They haven't realized that yet. Um, what's interesting is that so many uh, people might take this scripture and go like oh it's it's pointing to jesus right like christ is the one who is the the light to all nations um but i think that there's something there that's really interesting that obviously this was initially written thinking of of christ we now see that kind of in in hindsight or looking um as our uh um 
as our fellow congregant Brad Kelly would say, as we look down the telescope, um, we see see Christ at at the end of it in this passage. But that's not necessarily who it may have originally been written to. What do you, D? What do you make of kind of initially this idea that the the person responding and speaking with God in this says in verse four. I've labored in vain and I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward is with my God. What do you make of that? Just initially, what are your first impressions of that? Um, My first impression is simply the honest um, words of the heart Mm. that sometimes it's really difficult to maintain hope. Yeah, we're called to be hopeful. We're called to um, embrace a vision of a future that's different than today. But when it takes time, as it inevitably does, for any type of vision to come to pass or any portion of the vision to come to pass, it's really hard to keep holding on for that hope Mm -hmm. unless there are some things along the way that remind us of the vision or that give evidence that um, the seeds are beginning to take root or something's beginning to bud. Um, And so I just, when I read that, I feel, wow, that is just such an honest response when circumstances don't match the vision Mm -hmm. and the hope begins to wane. So that's my first response to you, to it. How about you? Yeah, I agree in that, like, it's such a human experience of God. It feels like God has called me to this thing or to this vocation. And it's not all that I thought it would be cracked up to be. And that it's, uh, I've found a lot of resistance or struggles or, it feels like I'm just spinning my wheels, even though like God knows me and has called me and has knit me in my mother's womb and I've been nurtured. And yet like, Oh, like it still feels like it, there's just resistance that falls short or like I'm this glorious, uh, his metaphor is like this glorious arrow that just being like, just sitting there. (laughs) is not being used i feel that that just so resonates with i think a lot of our journey of of i I feel this call i know that god is moving in this way and yet it's not working out how i thought it would work out so for me that raises um an interesting philosophical reflection for me Mm. um one that when scripture kind of interacts with me this way, I know I have a lot more thinking to do and thinking that is not necessarily just intended for a Sunday morning message, but is like in my life's journey. And here's one of those spots for me, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to articulate it very well, but when we think of holding a vision for the future, Is the end result of where all of this going the only thing that's important Mm -hmm. or 
is there inherent in embracing a vision a different way of living now yeah because you embrace a vision that is far better than living without vision so tied in with that for me is when a vision comes to pass at least in some part it seems like it's often rarely as great as we originally thought the mm. arrival point would be yeah yeah and i'm not necessarily saying that of eternity or heaven or being with god forever but i'm just saying in this life the vision we often have sometimes the reality when we're there isn't quite as um, grandiose as maybe we might have thought when we had the vision. And some of that is certainly subjective. But then I wonder what is knowable about the objective side of things? Mm-hmm. Isn't that most of where we live in the subjective? And mm-hmm. if our vision carries us and helps us to be inherently um envisioning what can be and living into that subjective hope it seems to me that that in and of itself makes life better and filled with more possibilities and helps us to see the buds that are beginning to form or the roots that are taking um, root instead of constantly seeing all of the difficulties I, I just wonder if the vision itself is transformative for now as much as it is drawing us into the future. Mm-hmm. Just ruminating, Matt. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I, I feel like I need to sit with that a little bit longer. I'm going to well, ask you a question. Yeah. I have a preconceived idea of a particular portion here. Yeah. But the beginning of verse 6 says... Um, that speaking the voice of God in this section, I believe, uh, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel that I have kept. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles. Yeah. That, what, what do you think God is trying to say or Isaiah is trying to say to the Israelites in that point moment. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I uh, that would need a, I think a deep dive in some ways. Um, because I, I there's a part of me that wants to take it a little tongue in cheek. Um, mm. that is like if you th- if you think that is too small, like I've got a a greater vision for for what is taking place. If you think it's just about the, the redemption of solely Israel, then you've missed the entire story of, of what we're doing here as Israel, as, as this is not just a, for us, an exceptional thing, but this is to be the redemption of, of, and, and blessing to the rest of the world. Um, So part of it strikes me as tongue in cheek. Of like it's that's too small. Just the redemption of this one people group out of exile. Um, so part of me wants to take it that way, uh, but there's another part of me is like I'm not entirely sure, like if it, it, what the meaning is here or what the tone of of the 
the author of Isaiah is trying to give here. So it, it might be off in another direction, but that's initially what strikes me about it. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and great to hold it loosely because with yeah. scripture, it just seems like there are so many nuances where God can take us if we're open to those kinds of things. I confess that um, in this particular verse, I hailed back to what I think was in um, a few weeks ago when I said that it seems to me Isaiah invites us to join Isaiah in prophetic imagination, mm -hmm. to have an imagination mm -hmm. that sees something in the future that's different than today. The whole question of what if, yeah. what if God were to work and what if I could be a vessel for God working? What if? And here I feel like those who are trying to follow in the steps of Isaiah, maybe the word to me is, oh, you haven't even come close to imagining yes. what could happen. Yes. Your your prophetic imagination, you know, nice, nice try. <laughs> but but we still have some work to do on what it means to think about the future and the tomorrows and what could happen if we really trusted, we really um, gave ourselves fully. Um, we recognized that it's not ours to do, it's God's. And we begin to see through a different set of lenses that it's not limited by my resources or be by me individually, but by us collectively and what that might involve. Anyway, it feels to me like there is a bit of a prodding that says, oh, you, you're just kind of beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and with that, we are just beginning to move into this into this passage and looking forward to uh, hearing the word of the Lord through UD and um, in the sermon on Sunday and excited for the Lord takes us in, in responding to this passage. It's wonderful. It's great to be together with you, Matt, yeah. and uh, looking forward to being with the church on Sunday and hopefully we can journey on this together, all of us.